Okay. <laughs> Jacob's doing some scatting. Uh, all right. Well, it is that time of week again uh, to bring to the masses another exciting edition of What You Spin In. This is episode 51. We've got a lot of really, really fucking good music to talk about this week. I'm super excited. Uh, and to kick things off, we're going to talk about my album for this week. Uh, and in order to do that, I'm going to bring in a really special guest, a uh, guy I've been wanting to get on here for for so long. Uh, we went to high school together. We worked together for a little bit. Uh, we watch preseason football together, UFC fights. Uh, really cool dude. We've gone to multiple concerts together. Matt, we went to Earth Gang. We went to Isaiah Rashad in 2017. Uh, Vince Staples. Uh, really fucking cool dude. I'm excited to talk shop with him. It's my homie, my brother, one of my best friends, Mr. Alex. Go ahead and show the people your face, my man. What up? Thanks for having hey. me, y'all. Hell yeah, of course, of course. And so we'll go ahead and get the get the salutations out of the way. How are we feeling today, boys? We jazzed up. I'm <laughs> ready. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pretty jazzed up too because we're talking about uh, an album that, even for as recently as it came out, is easily in my top ten favorite albums already. Uh, and that album is The House is Burning by Isaiah Rashad, released in 2021. Uh, it is signed by him. Love that. Uh, but yeah, as I kind of mentioned, I could talk until the fucking cows come home about this album. But I think uh, we'll, have our, we'll have our guest talk first, if you're down. Uh, what, do you, what do you got to say about it, Al? Um, you know, it was uh, definitely one of my favorite albums of 2021. Um, I really, really enjoyed felt like it was a kind of a continuation of the first two Zay albums. Um, it really fit that kind of chill for the Vibers sound he's got going on. Um, definitely, a, you know, five-year wait. That wasn't the best for the hardcore Zay fans who were yeah. uh, listening to every Honestly. single leak as they came out and everything. But I Dude, feel like he it, delivered. He really did. And it was hilarious because anytime something would get leaked, I would like hear about it or you would hear about it first and i'm like all right alex is gonna message me or i got it immediately be like you hear that you hear that oh the the album cover got leaked like it yeah. was uh he definitely pulled a frank ocean and <laughs> made his fans wait too damn long uh but yeah love it man uh but jacob and matt why don't y'all dive in is there a story behind why it took so long for the this album to come out at all i don't know uh, really. uh i think he's so the album before this, The Sun's Tirade, it had kind of like interludes at the end of every track uh, that alluded, that kind of told the story that he was uh, battling alcohol, uh, like alcoholism and drug addiction and everything. And I think he was still kind of going through that when that album, like he had kind of overcome it a little bit and then put out Sun's Tirade in 2016, which was the tour that we got to see him on, Alex, um, which was fucking phenomenal. Uh, and then I think, I don't know what took so long. I don't know. Did he relapse again or something? I, I think he, I think he fell back into the shit a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, kind of fell back into the, the dark ways or whatever. 
Uh, and so it took a little bit. And then also we are talking about Top Dog Entertainment, which is like the worst music collective when it comes to putting out albums in a meaningful time frame. Uh, you know, SZA just put out her album after Control and Control came out again in 2015. So we're or 2016. Oh, so yeah. we're talking time. Yeah, we're like, it's just it's a theme with Top Dog, unfortunately. But I think also combated with the fact that I think Zay did and unfortunately fall back into the shits a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that is that's kind of why it took so long, unfortunately. Okay. I was but, just curious. But, I always find it interesting when it takes that long for an artist to release an album, you know, whether you're a Tool fan or any other genre. Yeah, I was about to say, Matt. You and I know. You and I know all about. We are very patient when it comes to music. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But I I love this album. I felt like it had kind of a southern hip hop feel to it. Remind me a little bit of early Outkast. I know he's influenced by Outkast a little bit more. uh, Big Boy, especially. Um, I like the tight rhymes. Um, Very different. There's just so much in this album as far as styles uh each song sounds different um and i feel like a lot of hip-hop these days they don't do that as much you know it's always kind of like one long track whereas this album breaks it up each track is different like i felt like i was almost listening to somebody else each time i put a different song on and i always appreciate that because it keeps the whole album interesting throughout the whole listen oh yeah most definitely definitely. i think uh like so me i've been listening to as they ever shot for the longest time this felt like such a long time, such a long wait um, mm-hmm. that he dropped this album. And like the singles when they were coming out, it was at first it kind of put me off because um, the singles that I had heard, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know what he's going to do, if he's going to go into like kind of a more trap sound or if it's like, like more... Lay With You when Lay yeah, With like You came with out. I was like, that's when a heard... wild move to put that out as a single. But now I love yeah. that song. You know? Yeah. When I heard that song, I, I was like, I don't know if this is what he's leaning towards. Like, I like lyrical Isaiah. Um, and then also with uh, the Lil Luzi uh, song, that song also, I was like, this is kind of the same thing. I was like, I don't know if I like this. But um, then, what was it? Headshots? Um, yeah, head, Headshots came out. Um, Bro, when what, Headshots what came said, out, <laughs> when Headshots came out, I watched that music video every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when that came out, I was like, all right, this is the Isaiah that I know and love. Um, so when he dropped this album, man, like, um, it kind of showed, um, like, and hip-hop in general, I feel like the community really showed their appreciation to Isaiah um, and that how much they liked him. Um, because yeah. after that long period of time, like, you can kind of lose love for an artist or you lose interest or you're like oh it's another album it's like you know too long waited your hype is over or whatever um but when it came out like so many people still liked it and were still listening um and i think that's great it showed his fan base it showed the community as a whole they were really into it um but yeah man some great stuff great features um we get some tde features like SZA. Um, would have wished uh, J Rock's in it. Would have wished uh, like Schoolboy Q or Kendrick would have been on it, like Sun Tirade. Um, but no, I think great follow up to Sun Tirade, and I think it connected like those three albums, like the trilogy. It like kind of showed that he still had that talent. He still had that that dog in him. He still had that dog in him. <laughs> For real. And Jacob, you and I actually, it, this is this is also really cool because Alex and I went to uh, the Wow Hall and saw Zay back. That was 2017, wasn't it, man? 
I think so. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we saw him at the WoW Hall uh, IDK open forum, which was really cool. And then, uh, and that was the Suns tirade tour. And then you flash forward, you know, five fucking years later, and Jacob and I, you and I actually, that was the first time you and I hung out outside of work, was uh, mm-hmm. going to see Isaiah Rashad for the House is Burning tour. Shout out. Uh, uh, and, dude, he just kills still. Like, he's one of those artists that, from the tape, like, the recording to the stage, it, there's no inconsistencies. Like, he is really just a killer. Uh, but, yeah, man, I just, I fucking, this album, man, whenever I'm, like, you know, kind of going through some shit, as I, as I kind of have been lately, you know, I just, this has become, like, uh, my biscuits and gravy, you know, like, my comfort food. Like, this is, it's my comfort album. I'll be, like, you know, kind of having a weird day, and I'll just be, like, nah, you know what, I just got to throw on fucking What You Said or Rip Young, you know, just... It's just so, so good. It has that vibe, almost like an inspirational, motivational speech in a way where the whole album kind of pumps you up in your own different ways. But I, throughout the whole time, I felt very uh, inspired after listening to it. And I'm sure he did writing it. So it's a great album. Yeah. Alex, you got any, you got any further thoughts, my friend? Yeah, I feel like you guys really hit it on that. And um, I feel like this album, honestly, most of Zay... Zay's stuff gives me the same feel that like um, a Cuddy or a Mac project did where you can tell they're going through something and sometimes they got to pick themselves up and through that album you know we can kind of feel the same things they're feeling and feel like we're on the same journey and they can be like kind of a, a voice for us to follow sometimes I feel like those are the artists that really resonate with me the most yeah for sure great comparison with Mac and Cuddy you know, because we covered, we haven't covered a Cuddy album yet, honestly, but uh, that will happen. Uh, but we covered Swimming, and, you know, we kind of had this same discussion uh, when we talked Swimming by Mac, was exact. you said it perfectly. You can tell that they were going through some shit, and through that, you listening to it, that message alone has resonated super hard. And uh, it's, man, like... God damn, I could just go back into talking about swimming for another <laughs> I could I could talk the comparison between swimming and houses burning for another hour. Golly, that was a hell of a fucking comparison. Um But no, it and it really came out um you know, I feel like the timing of this album coming out was really nice too, because it was kinda in that weird gray area, like have we beat COVID, have we not? You know, the mm. The only thing I wish he would have done was released it like in May rather than July or whatever. So that because it, it's a summer bop, which is why I it brought is. it up now, it, it, like at this time of year is because, hey, this is good shit to listen to right now. The sun's out driving around with the windows down, you know, smoke, you know, maybe maybe go home, roast a little J afterward, keep the album rolling. Yeah. But, yeah, man. This was definitely a summer vibe for me last year. Um, oh, like- yeah. Wherever I was at, if it came on, like on Shuffle, like any song on this, it, it's a bop. Um, 
I really liked um, the features that he had. He brought back some new faces and some people that he's worked with. Um, YG Tut on Chad. It had been the longest time that I had heard anything from this guy. Um, Preacher's Son, his album, super good. Um, also, like, uh, Chattanooga staple. Um, SZA, um, he also brought back... Um, he was working mainly a lot with uh, Cal Banks, which is cool. Um, kind of a newer guy. He kind of produced a lot of the songs on this, um, which is cool that he brought that style, kind of a little bit more trap feel to it. Um, but he still has his roots with like the soulful jazzy beats, uh, like HB2U. Like that's just a classic Zay, just rapping, just bar for bar over a soulful beat. I want my payback. Yeah, <laughs> so fucking. I love that color show. I gl- I'm glad that you linked that to our group chat because that I like that version more than like this one. Um, but it's still it's that's different. that's what I'm saying. That like that's what I'm saying is that his voice. From like a vocal perspective, sounds exactly the same as the as the recording of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you yeah. can tell kind of get some more emotion into it. And I'm gonna earlier when we were talking about the live show, I'm gonna cut in a couple of clips I have from that House Is Burning show that we went to. Um, yes, but yeah, that that show was awesome, man. Like they, you played a lot of uh, Sun's tirade and Sylvia demo, surprisingly. Uh, and yeah. it was great because like everyone was into it like everyone knew word for word like every song yeah uh, it was surprising like just i'm glad that he brings back new stuff because they're mm-hmm. classic uh, for sure yeah it just deep cuts you know like he played he played like shot you down which i honestly wasn't expecting you know r.i.p kevin miller uh alex knows mm-hmm. how much i love that song that was <laughs> that was played at damn near every smoke slash back in the day yeah. <laughs> and then you know smile uh i have yet to hear him play banana uh that is i might i might just ascend into the heavens <laughs> if he yeah. played that off sylvia so uh, question since what's good you, since we listen to zay and we all kind of have heard his albums uh, this is the third song that J-Rock features on. Oof. Uh, what is your guys' favorite? Favorite J-Rock feature on a Zay track? Uh-huh. Out of his three uh, albums. I've got my answer. Uh, Titty and Dalla, for sure. Off okay. Nice. Just his, like, his syncopation with his with his words on that song in particular is really yeah. is really. I think I think definitely my favorite is "Shot You Down," because um, he goes off. But at the same time, Schoolboy Q is like insane on that song. I'm just trying to get a peek with a freak of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alex, what about you, man? I'm gonna have to go Titty and Dollar too. Uh, yeah, man. I think I think it's right there with, or I think the "Shot You Down" verse is right there with it. But like Jacob said, the simple fact that I think Q had the single best verse on that song. I gotta give. Oh, for sure. I gotta give it to Titty and Dolly just because Zay, or uh, just because I feel like J Rock. That was the where he, uh, yeah, was the top dog, if you will. He does yeah. shine on that song. Yeah, for sure. and not to and and all that to say, not to discredit uh, True Story because uh, Yusuf is some baby shit is the best line I heard that mm-hmm. whole year. <laughs> that one line, Yusuf is some baby shit. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, that's the line of 2021. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And that song has the best outro ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. On a motherfucking rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> My baby mama probably at the end of that bitch with a gold digging ass. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I love I love that the first time I heard that I was like cracking up. I was dying because that video is like so it's such a moment, I feel like, and putting it at the end of a song like is is perfect. It's so good. Uh, Matt, did you happen to dive into other Isaiah Rashad tracks? Do you have a I didn't do that this week. I plan to, but okay. I don't have an opinion on that one. I'll uh, I'll send you my Isaiah playlist on Spotify, and then both yeah. of the other two J Rock features are in that, and we'll have to get your take on that. Heck yeah, uh, sounds good. I was not I was not expecting that question, or else I would have prepped you. That's my bet. No, I like that. <laughs> I like those kind of questions. Though. Those are good. We need to start doing yeah. that more. Often. For real. No, for definitely, real. definitely. I'm glad that we all kind of listen to Isaiah because just seeing mm-hmm. his growth as as an artist, definitely, I feel like. Um, but he's still had the same consistency. Like he's so consistent on his albums. Um, he's like such a staple in hip hop and he's so like well known. And I think people definitely were giving him his flowers with this album because it showed that he still had like that top level of like music curation that he was doing. So, uh, yeah, this album, one of my favorites, definitely, um, definitely of the, of the 21s, 2021, uh, I'm glad that finally, Dorian, me and you were waiting like over a year for the vinyl to show up, um, and it finally showed up, and there was like yeah. so many delays, and he ended up saying that, you know, he would, since there was such a delay, he would sign them, um, mm-hmm. so he did. We both have signed copies. Pretty badass. It's a pretty nice come up, a $30 purchase uh, that you could oh, resell yeah. for 500 easy right now. That's pretty nice. Yeah. I won't ever sell it because that's like that's hardcore. Um, but and now Jake, you have all three of his albums on vinyl. That's right. Yeah, nice. lucky motherfucker. Um, <laughs> the fact that also real quick on that, the fact that Sylvia Demo was at Moonrock Records in Eugene was fucking crazy. Um, that's actually that's unreal. Nice. Um, but Alex, Matt, Jacob, y'all got any closing things? Do we want to dive into top threes? Let's do it. All right, cool. Uh, Alex, since you're the special guest, why don't you take it away, my man? All right, um, I'm going to go ascending order. Um, I'm going to say quick honorable mention to Claymore. Um, yeah. Smino was so fun on that. Um, it felt, <laughs> it felt yeah. like a control of electricity in the middle of the album, you know, with the fast RPM or BPM and everything. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, my number three, kind of a weird one here, but I really love Don't Shoot. I thought it was really interesting how nice. really, you know, serious topic about, you know, gun violence and growing up in chat and whatever. But uh, he does it in such a melodic way with the, the soft chorus and the kind of distant vocals. I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, my second one, going to have to be Happy Birthday to You. Um, like you said earlier, classic Zay joint. Um, kind of just followed the blueprint he's laid out with other songs um, in the past, two-part songs and crazy long outros and breakdowns. That was really cool. And then my top uh, top song was my most played song of 2021. Score, featuring uh, the goddess SZA, uh, and yes. I also lo- I love Black. Yeah. Yes. Um, I feel like that song, um, just to hear the different vocal um, filters on each of their vo- or each of their verses was really cool. And mm-hmm. I had the beat cut away on SZA a little bit. And it was a little bit more low key on Black's verse, and mm-hmm. also just the I feel like that I was kind of going through a weird time in a relationship um kind of both sides were kind of not sure of what was going on and the song kind of just encapsulated that feeling perfectly so yeah score yeah. top song from the album fuck yeah dude 
Score what? That is not what I, I, I was like, because of the comment, like you and I have talked about don't shoot a handful of times, you know, yeah. I was like, don't shoot probably going to be in Alex's top. Uh, but score is a wild pull, but I love it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go ahead and go next. Honorable mentions for me, don't shoot and Hey Mista. Uh, really like Hey Mista. Uh, number three for me, happy birthday to you. Number two, Rip Young. And number one, what you said. Uh, just when Zay actually starts rapping on that song, like, like just so good. It, it literally, that's just what, you, it just makes me yeah. fucking head bob to it. Uh, but yeah, hey, uh, happy birthday to you, Rip Young, what you said. But uh, Matter Jacob, go ahead and take it away. I'll end it for us. Go ahead, Jacob. Okay. Yeah, uh, honorable mention, I'm glad you guys brought up Don't Shoot, because definitely I slept on that song. Uh, and only until recently, like a couple, a uh, few listens, I was like, dang, this is actually a really good song. Um, and yeah, exactly what he's talking about, gun violence. It's kind of more serious topic, but it's a great song. I looked past it. I regret it. Um, another honorable mention I'd also bring up uh, is also the score. I do love that SZA. She's constantly a reoccurring feature on his albums. Same thing with him. He, he'll he be on her stuff, uh, just like Control. Uh, but top three... Um, I'm gonna go uh, Claymore. Uh, I love it. it's like an R and B joint. Um, uh, Happy birthday to you. Uh, and then my favorite song, All Herb. Uh, I like that a Mindy feature. I'd never heard of her. Um, yeah, I love that she was on it. So love that. Good stuff. Yeah, you guys got some good picks. Uh, I'm going backwards to forwards. We're going honorable mention with uh, From the Garden. I like how that kind of sets the tone for the album. Uh, number three would be Rip Young. Uh, number two would be Score. And then I like Headshots as my top track. Hell yeah. Hell All yeah. different. I swear, every song just felt so different. It was, for me, it was a little bit harder to pick a top three on this album specifically, but yeah, choice. Yeah. I mean, for all three of the albums we're talking about this week, top threes were damn near impossible. I sat here, I sat here like this, looking at my notes today, and I was like, what do I do? I was like, <laughs> what, what the fuck do I do? Um, but no, great shit uh excuse me but yeah that was isaiah rashad the house is burning which was released in 2021 my pick for this week uh big shout out to alex uh for joining us this episode uh actually quick question for you alex or two questions one are you gonna be free in like 30 minutes ish Uh, i can be and second question, how do you feel about the miseducation of Lauren Hill? Do you want to come back on and discuss miseducation? We'll give you 30 minutes to formulate a top three in honorable mentions. Oh, man. I feel like I need more time with that album, especially an album that's, like, so important in the evolution of hip-hop, you know? Ah. True. Fuck. You sure? I'll, I'll watch the episode, I promise. I'll comment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, comment on it. I just, I had that idea, like, literally right before I called you. I was like, fuck, I could have told him about miseducation, but I didn't. God damn it. Uh, I'm glad you guys are doing was... that one, though. That's, I mean, that's that's an all-time great album, regardless of genre, you know? Yeah, it's 100%. But it was it was worth a shot. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely, because you're on it, I'll, I'll be sure to send you a link uh, to it so you can watch our recap of that. Uh, but anyway... Uh, shout out to you, man. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Uh, we'll kick it soon. Cool. Appreciate you guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah love yeah. what you guys are doing. Thank appreciate you. Man. Peace. Appreciate you. Peace out, Peace. man.
Jacob, I was telling Matt the Black Friday football game that I invited you to last time you and I hung out. Remember that? The football game that I do every year on Black Friday? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex and I uh, organized that every year. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was, we were, we were the, we're the head honchos and are usually the team captains. But what they fucked up last year was putting us on the same team and we fucking crushed them. Well, <laughs> that fucking ass. Well, I'm Mark Sanchez <laughs> of the quarterback. <laughs> Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. The butt fumble. <laughs> the butt fumble. Uh, dude, and I, I forgot to put it in his intro, but the reason why I said the Minnesota Purples because he's the only fucking Vikings fan I've ever met in my life. That's <laughs> 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 what I was like, ah, oh, it's that Minnesota Purple, bro. There. They had AP for like a good solid couple of years. Oh, yeah. They, and they have the best wide receiver in the league right now with fucking Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah, Jeffers. yeah. Uh, Randy Moss. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Carter still playing? Yeah, yo. Chris Carter still playing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this, is, this is the dumbest fucking show of all time. No wonder we're not famous. No wonder I'm still paying rent. <laughs> this is the fucking worst. Fuck yeah. I'm fucking... Dude, the ba- that I gotta keep that in. <laughs> is Chris Carter still playing? <laughs> he was good. <laughs> uh, and then Matt and I met Bigfoot recently. Fucking Reyes at work. He's a Nuggets fan. I've never met one of them. Right. I met. Here's something insane, Matt. I have met a Jacksonville Jaguars fan in Oregon before I met a Denver Nuggets fan. Jaguars? Uh, yeah. That's unheard of. I thought they only had the the cardboard uh, people in the stands, like the like the video games. They're not real. South Park characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just all South Park Canadians. Yeah, it's just cardboard <laughs> in the stands. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, hello, fellow travelers. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Y'all are the best. Um, anywho, Matt, I'm. Yes, that's I, I would name. say I'm. I would say I'm stoked, but I don't know if that's the word for it. I'm more intrigued to find out what the hell got you into this. <laughs> um, I have a great story for that. Okay. Uh, be sure to lead off with that. Yeah, I have I have some fucking questions because I had to. Uh, I'll get into that anyway. Right. Uh, we're back for episode fifty-one of What You Spin In here uh, on the What You Spin In podcast. Uh, we just finished wrapping up talking about Isaiah Rashad's House Is Burning, released two years ago in twenty twenty-one. Uh, shout out to my good friend Alex for hopping on. Really stoked that he was able to make it today. Uh, he, I tried to have him on for the last part of the episode, but that ain't going to happen. But he will be back. I have some stuff in particular. Uh, I have like a couple albums. I have like m- multiple albums that I'm waiting to bring up so I can coordinate having a guest on because I know that certain friends have certain appreciations for him or whatever, uh, or I have memories with those specific people. Um, and so Alex was one of was one of both of those. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, anyways. We got to move on. We got to get out of the hip hop for just a little bit. And just for a minute. Just for a minute. Just just for a bit. And to do that, we're going to toss it over to Matt to intro his album for this week. Uh, so what you got for us? Let's go. Uh, going back to 2009, going local with a band from Portland, Oregon called The Decemberists. 
and this is their fifth album titled The Hazards of Love. Uh, definitely tells a story, has that concept feel throughout it. Uh, kind of an odd story. Um, it's, it's a difficult album for a lot of people to get into, and the way that I stumbled across it was um, just kind of by pure luck. Uh, I had a buddy, the buddy that I have this tattoo for, um, after he got cancer, we uh, spent a lot of time together at his house because he couldn't go out. And he was pretty much bedridden. And so we listened to a lot of music, whether it be A Perfect Circle, uh, other things that he got me into. Um, and then we stumbled across this album just by chance. Um, and we would always listen to it. And we just grew on the songs and we talked about the story. And it was a good conversational topic and, and something for us to kind of dive into uh, towards the last few months of his life. Um, and he loved it. Um, I ended up buying uh, the vinyl for him so he could have it. Um, and then he gave it back to me before he passed. Um, I ended up giving that to another friend who has who still has that album. Uh, so it's still in my circulation, but I had to have my own copy again. So um, Colin Malloy, the lead singer, vocalist, uh, kind of heads the whole December's project. A few other female vocalists, uh, kind of an eclectic feel. Uh, I've listened to a few other of their albums, and this is way different um, as far as the structure and the play out. Um, I've got some more information about it. I love this album just for that reason alone. Uh, what do you guys think? I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, definitely, I was looking into it. There is, it's a very fun concept for it. Um, the song titles and the structure and everything, how it flows, it definitely has a story. It has a plot. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I love albums that do this, that they kind of have the same theme that they'll do and they carry it on with not only the lyrics um but the titles and everything um so that was interesting uh, it kind of i mean it, i get lost in translation when i read it like the story of like the album but it has like a story of uh this i guess this character character called uh Mar margaret margaret uh margaret yeah it's i'm thinking Mar from thinking, elden ring i'm thinking margaret from elden <laughs> ring yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it has, like, this this ongoing theme of, like, this character. She's going through, like, this cycle of, like, love and, like, other stuff that comes on in Tribulation. So that's cool. I, I like that it does that. Um, kind of keeps you, you know, keeps your ear listening. Okay. The Bodger's coming in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really cool. Like, their fifth album, uh, local also. Like, what's not to love from someone, you know, here in town that you know. Um, something you can link up to. Um, I liked also um, that it's kind of like a folk rock. Um, it's kind of like got this folk feel to it with also rock influences. So, um, yeah, super neat. Uh, definitely, I would probably wouldn't have stumbled upon this. Um, I got a couple other things I jotted down. But, yeah, what do you think, Dorian? So the Decemberists name uh, was familiar to me, at least. You know, kind of like when I... Uh, or when you brought up the Mars Volta, it was something I had seen on like a lineup or whatever. And I was like, the Decemberists, like that's a interesting band name. Uh, but again, just like with Mars Volta, never dove into them. I just knew, I was like, hey, these guys are actually like pretty big, you know, because I saw them on some pretty big festival lineups back in the day. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Um, but no, I don't think I was anywhere near prepared for what this album was. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it, you know, because I kept trying to listen to it. Like I got through like the first, apparently, apparently I got through like the first four songs, 
but they flow so well together. I didn't realize that. I was like, I'm still on like track two. No, I had listened to half the album before I got interrupted multiple times at work. But before I did that, I looked up this album uh, because I download, I you know, put the album covers in the episode, and so I just happened to my computer like loaded up the Wikipedia page, uh, and I was looking at it and I was like, rock, rock opera album. I was like, well, that's what they, that's how they describe the wall, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, just to com- to com- so that's like actually a decent comparison when you think about it because it's like it tells such a story from track to track and everything flows so well that that was like in my mind i was after listening to it multiple times because once i heard it once i just kept going back i was like wait how well because you know matt like you can probably attest while we're working and listening to music it's kind of hard especially if an album flows so well together and you're unfamiliar with it i was like wait like that night i think like wednesday night i went home and i was like what is this like why do i feel like i only listen to two songs but i listen to five you know and and it's just it's so interesting and his voice is very unique and the multiple female vocalists on it are very unique and it uh at least for like the first two to three songs after prelude it kind of has a a Pussifer-ish kind of feel to it with like the call and response with like the male vocal starting out and then the female vocal. Uh, I know I made that comparison while I was listening to it to you and then uh, shortly realized that that was very much not the case. Um, but but at least from like a, if you want to cut it down to brass tacks and just have it as, as simple of a comparison as possible. Uh, but the storytelling throughout it, like I was... This was one that I had to like keep track of the story. And shout out to whoever wrote that Wikipedia article because they put the track names in it in relation to where the story was. And you can tell once you're like, oh, Rake's song, that's this part of the story and all this shit. So first first question, have you ever seen them live? I have not, surprisingly. Okay. You'd think I would. Because you're, you're like the concert, you're like the concert dude. The Most concert of these guy. guys most of these people that you bring up you've seen because i feel like their live show would be fucking phenomenal yeah, i would sure. assume kill mm-hmm. um and then second question is this is this like the wall in the sense that um that was kind of pink floyd's only real rock opera concept album so is that kind of the same with the December's? Like most of their music and most of their albums aren't like this? Because this is still my introduction. I haven't dove into anything else. I think so. I haven't dove into a lot of their other albums. I know the album before this, okay. called The Crane Wife, is the album before this. And it, it kind of ends with the story that this st- album starts with. Um, I haven't listened to that album enough to know where it begins and where it ends. Really? But it is kind of a continuation. <clears throat> really? And... You know, I think that's maybe why it wasn't very popular upon release. A lot of critics did not like the album. They liked the storytelling aspect and the wall comparisons, but they didn't like the the development of the characters. And when you hear that kind of critique, it's like, well, we're not writing a book. We're yeah. singing a song, you know. We don't have time to, you know, spend 20 chapters on a character. So Yeah, this isn't uh, fucking Harry Potter. No, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like that it has Jim James from My Morning Jacket doing backing vocals throughout the album, which is cool. That, yes, love that guy. I need to bring up an album by them at some point. Um, 
and they have a lot of other guest musicians, some other females that I don't really know much about. Um, and I'm going to go back to what you were talking. You brought up the rake song. That song is so messed up and so disturbing. And it took me a few listens when I first got the album years ago. I was like, what is he talking about killing his kids and his wife? And wow. <laughs> so pretty it's intense. song. Shit. Yeah. And it's and it really that really speaks volumes because it's, you know, they like they made really good from a like take the vocals away. Right. Take the vocals, take the story away. All of these songs are musically spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like they are fucking phenomenal musicians. And you know, we've talked a lot, like we just last week we just talked about one of the greatest musicians of all time with Tosin Abasi and Animals as leaders. And so that's like the one thing that I that I like to keep into perspective is you can be a great musician and not make stuff that's like like some of the best guitar players play fucking chords. You know what I mean? And sure. so but the way that they structured these songs and laid the album out and just the songwriting behind it from an instrumental standpoint is is phenomenal it's unreal you know it's got this it's you know jacob you said it. it's kind of got this folkiness to it but it gets heavy at times and it's like yo what the fuck like the end of bower scene yes (laughs) the end of bower scene is like jesus christ dude what is that like where did that's that how come? I became a fan. That's how I became a fan of that song. You know, here I was like, okay, I can deal with some folkiness, but I need some heaviness. Yeah. Yeah. After I heard that, I was like, all right, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. that was the same for me. I was once I heard Bauer scene, I was like, whatever the fuck else they do is is great from this <laughs> from this point on in this album because it is such a tone setter and it really that song in particular, it doesn't have a lot for storytelling purposes. It's really just like a, a showcase of the instrumental or the instrumentation behind it. Uh, so I really, really liked that. I really loved this album. Um, was this a Discogs order? Or did you find it locally? I found it uh, crate digging up at the top of Epic Seconds a few weeks ago. Because yeah. I tried to find thing. it online. I tried to find it online. Seventy-five. Uh, House is like it's going to be a hundred bucks used. I'm like, okay, this is an original copy. If I got it for fifty. Damn. Uh, OG press. OG <laughs> oh my god. That's the well, best though when you just find it in the wild. It's like you know, not expecting rare... to find it there at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like finding a rare Pokemon out in the wild. You know, yeah. it's like right? you don't expect it, but you know, it's it, you know, hey, it's 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 rare. You you'll you'll take it. You know, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> but, like the the Metal Fingers uh, Special Herbs one that I have. Exactly. I saw it once, and they had like the other. They had like two and three, but I picked up the first one because it was the one I liked the most. And then I went back two days later, and they were all gone. And I haven't seen that specific pressing that? in a store uh, since. And that was you that probably was won't. years ago. You probably won't unless it, if you do, it's going to be you know marked up heavily. Oh, a hundred percent. But yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fantastic, dude. I yes. like how uh, that song a bower scene. Um, it does have that, like it has the folk and then it has the rock with it. So I think they go hand in hand and they do it well here. Um, I noticed also with the songs, they have similar titles and they also have like kind of similar riffs. Like there, some songs carry the same two styles, um, like a Bauer scene and, uh, the abduction of Margaret. They kind of, they have the same like guitar um structure that's on it same thing with uh 
the hazards of love i mean there's there's four versions of it so uh the hazards of love the hazards of love two wager all uh and then revenge and then the drown so they all kind of have some of the songs have the same structure the same title and and everything so i think that's cool too it kind of helps build up the story uh helps carry on that 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 narrative um so that's cool it's interesting how i mean i could see why people don't like it maybe as as a as a as a album because yeah it's like you know trying to make a movie out of a book like it's hard um so trying to make a song out of a book it's even probably harder out of a story um but they do it pretty well um and i think if you look past just the storytelling um just like the instrumentation is good um it has that rock um folkiness there was what song was it it's towards the end of the album i want to say the queen's rebuke and the crossing um they throw in some drums in there is it that song i think they throw in some drums in there um that you know it, it, it elevates more to that rock status um so i thought that was cool um but yeah real interesting uh i haven't looked into these guys you stole my quote matt that uh, no. <laughs> the, the guy from uh Oh, morning Jim jacket yeah. also you know great band i love them uh also really cool uh what's her name uh my spelling is so bad um uh Nova, also um from All my right. brightest diamond also she she also does a lot of lead vocaling or background vocaling on, on, with a lot, other, a lot of other artists um so i like that she does that and that they also add you know just kind of people that uh, if you're like tune enough with your ear you you can hear them and you'll be like okay i know who that is mm-hmm. um so yeah i like that too that they have these kind of side people on their projects but yeah i i'm surprised that i haven't heard of these guys this being their fifth album um and a band here locally i think it's cool that we have staples like this here locally in in oregon mm-hmm. um and here around town that you know we can kind of look at see what's based off of here and what's what's coming out of you know the woodworks here locally so hell yeah no i i wholeheartedly agree with all of that <clears throat> the the background vocal features and everything is phenomenal the storytelling like top to bottom this album is fucking fantastic so thank you so much for bringing it up dude for real of course yeah i feel like a lot of critics too whether it be reviewing this album or any album that even we've talked about they always try to compare it to the previous work of an artist and i'm glad that we don't do that here we you know rate the album on what it is we don't try to say oh well the their last album was a lot better but this one's all right you know i I hate those those critiques because it's not fair to the artist and it's not fair to the viewer and it's it's not doing anything justice it's just giving your stupid opinion because you don't like it or somebody else can love it so i'm glad we're so open and Mm -hmm. uh, open for ideas and the music that we like us all so eclectic and unique oh yeah of course of course appreciate you and and it's and it's the other thing is that again like i said uh at the beginning of last of last episode is that that's what's so cool about what we do here is you know we all it's like i always when people ask like when like when i bring up the podcast to people that have never seen it right and because people ask about it you know because they ask what i do in my spare time and i'm like well i do a podcast and i tell them i say it's i say imagine a three-part venn diagram right and there's three dudes and in the middle there's a finite amount of what we all like 
But then outside of that, it gets fucking bananas. It gets uh, it gets spooky. <laughs> like just how out there we are. Like you've got Jacob doing uh, his world shit. Uh, you know, with like the, the Spanish, uh, you know, then the jazz and all that. And then you've got Matt. I'm not even going to throw a genre on it because you bring up anything and everything. And then you've got my stooge ass who's like, here's some obscure hip hop. And then here's some metal that you've never heard before, you know, and all of that combined. Like to put it into perspective, when we did the when we did the wall by Pink Floyd, we had Earth Gang and uh, Robson George. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that like that episode alone is wild and then you go back to just last week we had brian eno mad lib doing like leaning really hard into the jazz side of his work and then you had animals as leaders which is like super fucking deep metal uh and so that's what's so cool about this is because again as jacob and i have said never would have found these guys i had heard of them but never listened to them and without this probably never would so again shout out to you boys uh with that being said are we ready to dive in the top threes let's take a deep dive we'll start it out baby um 17 songs on this album so trying to narrow down to three it's pretty tough dude and and also for me just real sorry real quick yeah you're good the the thing i almost did was like this song and this song because i was so obsessed Mm -hmm. with how they fed into each other <laughs> but i was like ah oh, fuck it i just have i have to pick just one for each <laughs> but right. I, I almost had a top six essentially <laughs> you're right though from bauer scene to the hazards of love and like it it just it sounds like one track so you're like where am i um but to start off honorable mention for me would be the hazards of love two uh number three won't want for love number two the rake song because it's evil and i like evil things once in a while and then my top track was another title track but hazards of love four top kind of in the album that way yep it and the thing i liked about hazards of love was once you got to the hazards of love tracks was once you got to three and four they kept that same riff going but they sped it up super hard and i was like oh oh that's got some that's got some spice to it now let's go the story is picking up boys Uh (laughs) yeah uh but going off that i'll i'll go ahead and do my top uh, honorable mentions for me, a Bauer scene, and isn't it a lovely night? Really liked the vocals on that. Uh, it was just very pretty, very nice, uh, very tranquil. Reminded me of the this kid I used to hang out with named Reed uh, before my senior year of high school. Uh, he had an insane property, and then you could access like logging, like eweb logging roads from the back of his property, and we would just take excuse me, ATVs out there, and there was this really big open field and meadow where they had, like, the... not They're not cell phone towers, but, you know, the really tall-ass power lines that are all made out of metal. Um, and so we would just go out there, and that, uh, Isn't It a Lovely Night, really reminded me of uh, the times we would just go out there and just literally sit and bullshit, you know, and just sit there and talk and look up at the stars because there was... Uh, you know, this is out in Lieberg, so there's like no clouds, no city lights to disturb it. It just reminded me of a really nice, tranquil night, and you know, hence the title. Um, yeah. But three, two, one for me. Three, the Rake song. Shit got real sideways on that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Anne and Water. Uh, really yeah. liked that one. Uh, and the number one for me was uh, the first. Won't want for love. So, or won't want or no. 
sorry. Won't Want for Love is just one song. I was thinking of wanting the one that's like wanting a, a song. Wanting comes in waves, yeah. Wanting yeah, wanting comes in yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, Won't Want for Love is my top. Nice. Nice. If I'm going to go honorable mention, uh, I'm going to keep it uh, with the Rake, the Rake song. Um, top three, uh, I got here number three, uh, a power scene. Um, I need to like read them off Spotify because my handwriting needs some work. Uh, but a power scene, um, the Queen's uh, rebuke, the crossing. Uh, and then my favorite track, uh, definitely The Wanting Comes in Waves, uh, slash Repaid. Um, but yeah, good stuff, man. I like, I like these picks. Yeah, I like your guys' song choices. You guys got one all over the album. Whoops, all over the album, so that was great. Glad you guys like it. Hell yeah. Again, thank you for bringing it up, man. Always appreciate, always appreciate that about Mr. Matt. He'll bring up something I might have heard of some way, shape, or form. And then he forces me to listen to it, which is, again, as I've said multiple times on this show, which is why I fucking started this podcast. Anyways, that was The Hazards of Love by The Decemberist, released released in 2009, uh, which was Matt's pick for this week. We're going to go ahead and put a big fat bow on this bitch and send it to the fucking moon with Jake's. We'll be right back with what you spin in episode 51. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up and go back in time a little bit uh, with Jake's pick for this week. So what do you got for us, bro? Yeah, so I brought up uh, Lauren Hill. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill uh, came out in 95, or 1998. Um, 1998, two years after uh, the score by the Fugees. Um, these are the inserts. Check out what you spent in episode two, where we talk about the score by the Fugees. Was it episode two? It was that early? Dang. Dang. No, 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 no. It's episode It was like the first four. couple left. Ep- I, I think brought it was episode it up pretty four, because I brought up Enema that same episode, and that was episode four. So oh, episode four. These are the inserts, the beautiful, talented uh, Miss Lauren Hill. Um, it's got the song lyrics on them. Um, but... I mean, yeah, what more is there to say? This is one of the most, um, like, beloved albums, not only in hip-hop, neo-soul, R&B, but just uh, music in general. Um, uh, Yeah, there's plenty enough to go around about this album. Um, Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's let's just fucking dive into it. Um, If you want to talk about an influential album this is this is the one you you uh this is one that has to come up as far as influence um it influenced a lot of female uh artists a lot of male hip-hop art like not even like not even hip-hop man like there's just so many people that this album influenced and, and shit like that uh and you know I feel like if you want to know the the reach that this album has, you just need to listen to Doo Wop, that thing. Like, that one song is really... Like, it was the most popular song off of this, but it, for good reason. 
but there's just so much more to it than that. But that one song, you can really tell, like, oh, she was actually massively influential. There was her voice or the production work that she had on it. This this album is so is just so good and again so influential to so many people uh old and young so the fantastic pick and it's it's a timeless album too i feel like nowadays it, it does fly a little below the radar because a lot of people i feel don't know about it or weren't alive when it was made um but now that they found it they fall in love with it and it's inspirational it, it created a whole genre of hip-hop for a female side um to express yourself and just be yourself. Lauren Hill's a great example of that. With her work on the score with the Fugees, I mean, it kind of carries over, but her, in her own style on this album. Um, and it's all her own, you know, doing her own thing. And her wordplay, um, the different tones she uses throughout the album, there's nothing else like that out there at that time or even today. You can't compare this album to anybody or anything. Um, it stands alone. And I think it always will. And I think if you haven't heard this album, you need to because it will open your eyes to a whole nother genre of music that you might not have found out about at all. Um, I remember when this album came out, I think I just graduated high school and uh, it was huge. Everything is everything was huge. I mean, it was just all over the radio and it was just a, it was a staple. People just dove into it. And, uh, I'm glad you got it on a vinyl. Where'd you find it at? Uh, this, I think I got at house. Okay. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it at Moonrock too, though. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you could probably get it better price at Moonrock. Um, no, but yeah, definitely. Um, this album just such a capsule for um, not only hip hop but neo soul as like a new genre up and coming. Um, a lot of people put this up there with the D'Angelo and Erica Badu. Um, and like in that field but it had its aspects of hip-hop it had reggae um it had some soul influences um and it kind of just showed the talent that she had um not only lyrically because she you know she raps on it but she also sings and that was such a change in hip-hop singing and rapping um because it wasn't really mainstream at this point like hip-hop wasn't really viewed as or it wasn't really accepted in a lot of in a lot of spaces um so for this coming out yeah it was massive this album was massive it was all over the world um it went at the time and i think recently in like eight times platinum um just the accolades that are on this album like it got nominated 10 times for the grammys it won five of them, one of them being record of the uh, album of the year. Um, first, wow. which she's the first uh, female, um, you know, rapper to do this. Um, also, first female rapper to go diamond. Um, so 10 million, 10 million sales in the U.S., nice. <laughs> 20, 20 million worldwide. Um, yeah, it really brought hip hop to the forefront, like to the mainstream, to the masses, to everyone. Um, so definitely it was so big, so influential. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, Lauren Hill just being a mastermind. Like she, she produced a lot of this on her own. Um, and also at the same time, like this was all just her ideas that she was going off of. So, um, yeah, everything front to back, like it's all just, you know, 
a journey that that she's telling and she kind of has that in her lyrics she talks about a lot of you know real world problems uh life pregnancy love so all these things that are you know very up and coming and present nowadays um so yeah it really inspired a lot of people and a lot of female rappers and just female artists in general uh, so i think it was really powerful um really influential to a lot of people so uh definitely had to had to come up to the ranks of what you spin and i had to bring it up oh yeah yeah and and i feel like at this point with with where we're at in in the show uh some things are better brought up now than if they were brought up earlier you know because we've established you know whatever uh and i'm I'm glad that you sat on this because i'm sure that there were multiple times of you going through your collection and being like fuck i could bring this up this week fuck i could bring it up this week you know and then you finally did and you know as i said just the influence that this had on so many people uh whether they're a performer or just a regular human being is is unreal and you know everything is everything almost i hadn't heard that in a long time and once i did it was like i was starting my day to that song a couple of times this week you know just like because when i get out of bed i'll throw an earbud in throw on a podcast make my bed or you know uh, throw on music and it was like early this week because i was like oh i know i know miseducation so i listened to a little bit of it and i reheard everything is everything and i was like damn dude just starting i recommend you know if you if you discover something like that you know because we bring it up like start your day listening to some of this stuff especially like this album man it was just i drove to work to it one day like it's it's again you know kind of like i said about isaiah but in a different sense this just feels so familiar because of how fucking popular it was like jake when you and i were young like super young like this album was still like i was two years old when this album came out but i remember this like songs of this album still getting played when i was like six seven years old on the radio so and that says something you know Especially when, you know, my mom was listening to, like, fucking Top 40 radio all the time. And it's like, I know Lauren Hill's not in the Top 40 right now. Like, what the fuck is this? But <laughs> I was like, thank you for still playing it. <laughs> but, but no, it again, man, just you can't... With, with the albums that we've brought up in the genre of hip-hop, this is on... This is in the upper echelon of those, you know, the ready-to-dies, the the underachievers the tribe the the fuck de la souls you know this is in that like untouchable realm Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um another thing too like it's it's her one and only solo album that she did um two years after uh the score i think she recorded in 97 uh and then uh mainly majority of it she recorded in jamaica um and then that's where she met um i forget his name but uh she had a kid with him uh and uh, rohan rohan marley yes yeah thank you uh, yeah the, rohan marley. the least talented marley son yeah right and yeah they, she, she had a kid with him and she kind of had writer's block for a little bit and she started you know making an album she wanted to do it all solo all herself she did have a part of uh help from a group um which is uh new arc it's like a collective of some musicians 
um, which ended up suing her because um, they felt like they didn't have enough. That's right. Yeah. They felt That's like right. they didn't they didn't have enough uh, like say in in the credits or they didn't get the credit that they deserved. They felt yeah, she got she got yeah. fucked with this album actually. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think she owns any of it technically. Like there's some there's some weird shit about Lauren Hill. Like apparently she's kind of a scumbag with her concerts. Like she either a won't show up or b will show up like two hours late. And uh, with this album, like she and I think what happened with this album is what jaded her in that process. I think she got kind of bent over the barrel with it. And so she's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to put music out again. Like, fuck it. I mean, but at the same time, you don't fucking have to, you know, you know how many royalty credits she gets with how many times do wop that thing has been sampled. I mean, come the fuck. Like she is, she's Scrooge McDucking in fucking cash right now. (laughs) Off of one album, which is mm-hmm. bananas to think about. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, her one and only album that she ever did. And then after this, like, she did go on tour. She did go, go on tour, uh, like, all over the world, like, in Japan and, you know, the UK and the US, everywhere. Um, but after, she just kind of disappeared. Like, she kind of stopped making... She stopped making music as, as a whole, um, individually. Um, and she just you know just raised her family Uh, she has six kids i think so she had a lot to work to do definitely um but uh yeah uh, influential as it was you know she still every now and then you'll see her be a feature um she was on a feature on king's disease for nas Uh, i think king's disease too um she was a feature on there which is super great i love that she's coming back um and a lot of artists kind of said that and that's kind of like kind of a joke that they would say that they fell off or they stopped losing interest with when miss lauren hill stopped making music that's a lot of what artists say rappers will say um and there's some truth to that because yeah like she opened up the world of hip-hop for a lot of people um but at the same time she kind of kept it whole kept it wholesome and she just did one thing and she was done with the music as a whole so she stopped doing it um, and I think it kind of shows, you know, that she cared more about what she was doing, not the actual reception. Um, she didn't really care about the media attention. She didn't care about going on tour. She just wanted to be creative and do something, you know, and to influence other people. To compare it to A, an artist we've already brought up, and B, an artist that features on this album, uh, she kind of went the D'Angelo route. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of put out a really, really strong album, toured it a little bit, and was like, that's it. Yep. I'm done. Which is which is wild that A, Jacob, you've brought both of those albums up and B, that yeah. we've now had two artists that were just like one and doneers, but the one and done that they did was phenomenal. <laughs> it was That's actually sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And I, I wanted to wait on this too, because I wanted to build up the like the Neo Soul uh like the collection that we had brought up bringing up erica badu bringing up d'angelo um Mm kind of all brings it all where it's familiar that you recognize these people Uh, and and to just to compare you know we're we're making a lot of comparisons and a lot of callbacks you know we just talked about the decemberist you know building a story and you know you know how you can't make a book into a song you know I, I really respect that you said that because you kind of had to build the lore behind this album 
before bringing up Lauren Hill because this is kind of like the cap to it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, and now we can, or I mean, we could have done it prior to this, but now, you know, you're like, all right, so that's the, that's the cap on the 90s, 2000s, Neo Soul, R&B. Here's what's happened since that came out. You know, now we can start tackling like Hiatus Coyote, who's a band that I really fucking enjoy, uh, stuff like that. So that's actually, that was very I'm- fucking... I'm big brained, man. I, I Dude, got I got some, some ideas in here. It's not a there's lot. There's some wrinkles. There's some wrinkles <laughs> yeah. in that in that brain of yours. Bit. I see you. There's a little, a little bit. bit. A little but, bit of water sorry. getting caught on that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. No, but definitely I feel like this is just such a staple just in general, not only for hip hop hip hop as a whole, but just music um that we definitely had to bring up in the cast. And I'm I'm glad you guys, you know, we're we're are fans of it. I know we've all kind of listened to it. We all appreciate it. So I wanted to bring it up to, you know, show more appreciation because it definitely, I feel like, also influenced me not only on my soul aspect and my R&B and hip-hop, so it kind of tied everything together for me. Um, and it definitely an album that I come back to a lot that I appreciate. Um, Absolutely. So, um, I wanted to bring up, you know, some, some tracks just briefly. Um, you know, to, we, get, we can go on, you know, all day talking about lyrics because she is very lyrically talented um there's a lot of great sampling the song x factor it samples uh wu-tang uh can it all be so simple um also uh i used to love him with mary j blige i love that she's on that also samples raekwon uh ice cream it's a sample on there um so she's like she's sampling hip-hop like she knows what she's doing she's you know she's keeping it in in the culture she did some crate digging she did some crate digging my gosh she did no she definitely she did um but yeah do we have any closing thoughts or any ideas we want to share uh i guess just like a a closing thing for me i was uh when i was working at vans back in the day Uh, working at the van store i would be in the back room like i would get assigned to the back room a lot uh you know working stock and when it would get really busy we would have a runner and so you would like go up to the front of the back room and someone would be like it was like uh imagine a diner you know they got the spinny thing with the notes on it like hey this is what your order is there would be just post-it notes lined up and it'd be like all white slip-on size nine uh, women's and so I would just grab it and I would they would let me bring my Bluetooth speaker because I couldn't hear the uh, store radio and I would always play doo-wop to start my shift you know just get just because like the drum beat in that gets so and is just so hard to me you know that boom, just so I would always play doo-wop uh, so I love that song in particular even though it's the most popular one off of it and uh shout out uh the sample of doo-wop that's on donda uh is actually really cool uh really liked that song i i actually don't give a shit about any of the kanye stuff anymore (laughs) i will say that i appreciate that album um but no and, and you know some other stuff like i said everything is everything was always played when i was working at vance that was kind of like my lauren hill phase was when i was working at the mall uh i was also diving deep into hip-hop uh so but but with that being said i hadn't listened to this full album since and that was probably four or five years ago and so i uh, just wanted to say thank you for bringing it up because it made me 
realize how much I actually love a lot of the tracks on this. And and so I I went into like a mental deep dive. I was like, yo, we could act. I was like, this album's actually so influential if you think about it. You got this, and then this probably influenced Earth Gang and blah. blah, blah. Like I went I went full Alex Jones on it, dude. I swear to God, I just went. I Something went the water's turning the frogs again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. <laughs> I love that. Out of my mouth, but yeah, thank you for bringing it up, bro. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, iconic, iconic album for sure. My closing arguments. I mean, it's. I remember hearing this at parties after high school got out, because that's when it came out for me, and just it was the vibe. It's got the summer vibe, like you guys were saying, um, and it's yeah. a classic album that's stood the test of time and continues to impress and inspire. Uh, so great pick. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Well, yeah. Jake, take us home, boy. What's yes. the top? Yeah, so um, top three, honorable mention. Uh, I'm going to go tell him. Uh, I love that it's like a very classic R&B song. Uh, top three, I'm going to go um, Everything is Everything. She does that perfect mix of singing and rapping on that song. Uh, I used to love him. Um, I love that sample and Mary J. Blige. I love that she was also, you know, encapsulated that 90s to early 2000s, you know, uh, R&B, hip hop. Um, and then my favorite song, uh, To Zion. Uh, I love that Carlos Santana guitar. I love when there's, you know, uh, live instrumentation and him being on it with his guitar is, you know, powerful. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely... To Zion, my probably my favorite track. Hell yeah, Matt. Oh, you muted yourself, buddy. So I got chainsaws in the background or something. Table saws, hopefully not chainsaws. Anyways, honorable mention, Lost Ones, and then Three, Two, One. I used to love him. Final Hour, and then like I said, it, when I started talking, Everything Is Everything was a track that came out and just set the tone for that album and just the vibe it gave off so that's my top track hell yeah love it sorry about the chainsaws or table saws in the background what are they are they a jackal cover band they are and they suck (laughs) jackal that's a pull i haven't heard that name in a long time i was about to say i was like that's a deep pull but that's the one that'll get it (laughs) okay anyway enough enough of that uh honorable mentions for me every ghetto every city uh, really like that one. I forgot how much I like that. Uh, and then another honorable mention: Everything is Everything, Three, Two, One, X Factor. I used to love him and Do Wop. I will be that fuck that picks the most popular song, uh, just because I have I just have so much appreciation for that. It just I have so many memories attached to that song. You know, like uh, I think starting I worked Black Friday in the back room at the van store one year and doo-wop saved me let's just say miss lauren hill was was my jesus that day i I played it a couple i was like i just need i just need that drum beat i just need that you know (laughs) but uh fuck yeah man god damn great pick i think that's the that's the funniest uh announcement of an album that we've had was jacob just holding it up and not saying anything and i was forced to say what that because he was just silent i was like are you gonna fucking 
tell the people. I was like, all right, it's the yeah. fucking miseducation of Lauren Hill. By I Lauren mean, Hill. I mean, like, what, what else? What else can be said? Like this, uh, <laughs> like it has this album has so much praise, just and it has so much love, like just in general. Right. So, right. Um, I think it's I get, great. I that, get what you were doing. It was hilarious. Yeah. I just had yeah. to tell you. I thought that was. I laughed in the moment, and then while I was editing, and then like multiple times yeah. this week, just like Jacob really did, just like Jay and Silent Bob it, like just yeah. hold it up and not say shit. Um, yeah. But uh, anyways, guys, we ready to do Matt's favorite part and da, show da, da, what da, da, next da. Week? Let's do it. It's that time where we, the guys of What You Spin In, go ahead and give you an insight to what's going to be on next week's episode. Uh, we go in the order that we talked about this week's episodes. Uh, so with that being said, I got to kick the bitch off. And um, as you guys know, I really like revisiting artists. Um, and also, I'm going to do a little bit of a palate cleanser because I know it was really kind of out of pocket for me to bring up hip hop especially with the streak I've been on. So I'm going And Justice for All by Metallica, released in 1988. You want to talk about some of the best fucking drum work you've ever heard on an album? This is it. Some of the best guitar work, some of the most iconic songs out of the Metallica catalog. This yeah. is the album. I know we talked Master of Puppets. I prefer that album. I can play most of the songs on that album. But R.I.P. Cliff Burton... It's unfortunate that he passed away before this album came out because I have never seen a group or artist recover from such a heavy loss as Metallica did with this album and Justice and Justice for All released in 88 Metallica. Wow. Epic pick there. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with the new album that just came out this year. I've been talking about it for a while. I don't have it. It's on order. Uh, I'm going to bring it up Billy Woods uh, Maps need to talk about that nice i was fully expecting fucking sleep token nope what a <laughs> what a nice. curve fucking ball let's go matt let's do it can i hold on before jake i'm sorry we're, we'll wait well what how did you stumble upon billy woods because we had we had covered we covered billy woods the episode before you joined the cast and so now i'm interested when I was rewatching some of our episodes or listening to them, uh, I think George brought up Arm and Hammer when I was talking about Saul Williams. And nope. it, it, no, it, no? Or he might have mentioned it. Sorry, he might have yeah. mentioned Arm and Hammer, but I was like, don't give that yeah. credit to him. That was Jake's pick. But go ahead. Uh, he was talking about it, so I dove into what that sounded like, and that's yeah. where I found Billy Woods. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was just laying in bed, and I was I, I get lots of reviews from like Pitchfork and different. Uh, websites like that and i saw billy woods had a release and i like the album cover it's kind of unique it's got the airplane safety scenario and based off that i just dove in because i you guys had mentioned his name before i'm like you know what i'm just gonna give it a chance and right away i was like what's going on like the beat structure i've got we'll save it but hell yeah that that made me i was just i had to ask because i was like this is so random like because you sent it uh on cinco de mayo actually I was out and you sent a song from it and I was dying laughing. I was like, how the, f how the fuck? Yeah. I was like, cause, cause we haven't brought it up. And I was like, Matt is getting into Billy Woods. This is awesome. 
And then also, shout out to you, Matt. You've been getting into a lot of new shit. You got into it. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Thank you. But you got into the Acacia Strain recently too, which was was a band that I used to listen to a shit ton back in like my heavy deathcore days. So I like I like that, Matt. You're going on a you're going on a weird like rabbit hole streak. You're like Right. This guy sent he's like, You hear this album that just came out? And I was like, The the Acacia Strain, what? I was like, I haven't listened to them in like three years. So so shout out to you, Matt. You're fucking Heck killing yeah. it, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> what you got, Jake? Yeah, so this week, uh bring in some Stevie Wonder in Square Circle. Nice. Uh, came out in eighty five. Um this is when he was doing a lot more electronic music uh so yeah excited for that one definitely one of my favorite circle i think jacob i don't think you realize how much you've mentioned that album on this podcast you've you've made a lot of like callbacks to that album so i'm really glad that we get to dive into it now Mm -hmm. that is a really good one and maps and and just bro we can't have every episode can't be killer. One of us has to bring up a shitty album every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> stop no, picking good stuff. Yeah, stop picking. Stop being good at Damn. this. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm fucking around. Hey, right. well, Jacob, Matt, thank you again for uh, doing this uh, with me this week. Um, shout out my boy Alex uh, for hopping on. Um He's he's killing it in life too. Doing he's a fucking marathoner now. Uh, but yeah, catch us next week to talk about some wild wild stuff. Uh, this has been episode fifty one of What You Spinning. I'm Dorian. That's Jake in the blue shirt. That's Matt in the red hat, kicking it outside. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Go ahead and stay hydrated. Stay cool. It's getting fucking hot out there. Take it easy. Tell your mom you love them. Tell your dad you love them. And always tune into what you spin in on YouTube and Spotify. We are fully up to date on Spotify. I've gotten good at that now. Go ahead, like and subscribe. Take it easy.